Testing one, two. Testing, testing. There I am. Good to be in the house of God this morning. Amen. Amen. Three quick announcements before Pastor Matt comes up to open the Word of God and uh, teach from Genesis chapter 31. First, this coming Friday night is our game night, and we want to encourage you. It's a little bit different this time. We are moving game night to right here, and we have child care provided for kids. And so this is an opportunity to come down, have kids right here in this room, and the adults are going to go up to the library, and we're just going to have some games and some fellowship and some munchies. So come and be a part. It's a great opportunity to connect. Great connection opportunity. So I want to encourage you in that regard. Want to make mention again, you have the Easter invitation in front of you. And take these and additional copies. I want to encourage you with your five friend focus. If you have your five friend focus, here's potentially five invitees. I already know on mine, I've invited three of the actual seven that I have on my card. I've already invited them, and I was in there. One was at a hardware store, one is at a gas station. And uh, I, I just, I'm excited about the opportunity to see what's going to happen. I have, I have two locations that I'm going to this week. I'm going to Sherry's, and I'm inviting the whole staff at Sherry's, and I'm going down to Denny's, and I'm inviting the whole staff from Denny's. I'm like, these are my office book. And so I'm like, hey, come on. It's going to be exciting. Will you also take some and just think about where you go and the people that you engage with in your normal commerce of the week and take extra copies of these and invite them. Say, hey, I wanted to give you an invitation to come to Easter service on Sunday, 10 o'clock, Clackamas High School. So encourage you in that area. Four things. Four things to be thinking about personally regarding Easter. Number one, come to church. Can I get an amen? So come to church. Come early and park far. Say that with me. Come early, park far. Let's leave those front spaces for our welcome guests, those who may be a little more senior than we are, because the distance to walk is a little further than it is here at the school. So at Clackamas High School, come early, park far. Okay. Secondly, bring a friend. Bring someone. And for... My prayer is that you would invite someone who isn't going to church anywhere, who may not even know the Lord. Can I get an amen? We're going to be sharing the gospel. And we want to invite people to make and invite Christ into their life, that he would be the Lord of their life. So invite someone and invite many someones. Amen. Then I want, and we would love, and our, our team would just, we've been gearing up for this Easter service. We want you to come with expectation. Like, sitting on the edge of your seat, believing that God is in the house. Can I get an amen? The Scripture declares where two or three are gathered, He is there. The Scripture says that He inhabits the praises of His people and the Spirit of God. If your faith today is in Jesus Christ, God the Spirit lives in you. And so when we come together as living stones, we become the dwelling place of God the Spirit. And people who don't know the Lord need to experience the very presence of God. Amen? That was puny. Amen? Man, Matt, I'm trying to warm them up for you here. <laughs> we need to come with expectation, and it needs to be genuine and real. Like, I believe the Word of God, and I believe that God is going to meet people on Easter Sunday. All right. And then finally, number three, if you're not serving somewhere already, we need folks to say, I'm willing to serve. We need folks welcoming. We need folks in the parking lot. It may be pouring down rain, but you'd say, you know what? On this Sunday, I'm just going to be there to welcome folks. Have an umbrella. We'll have a vest for you. We'll even give you a hoodie that's kind of bright. It's like that glow-in-the-dark yellow or something. But anyway... We want you to be there serving and loving. And so it could be out in the parking lot. It could be our welcome team holding signs saying, Welcome home. Let me hear you say that. Welcome home. Look at that. We have 200 people ready to serve right there. 
Maybe it's in hospitality. Maybe it's one of our greeters. Maybe it's just an usher inside helping people find their seat. We would love to have you serve. You could let us know that you're willing to serve and wanting to serve by using that praise report. We'll consider it a praise report. We'll go, hey, hallelujah. And uh, we'll get in contact with you, th- with you this week, and we'll let you know who's going to be the team leader, and we'll get you all fixed and ready to roll. Does that sound like a good plan? Can I get an amen? Are you on the edge of your seat? Hallelujah. Will you give a warm hillside welcome as Pastor Matt comes to deliver the word this morning? Praise God. This table's very heavy. Ah, that's good. Amen. How are you guys doing this morning? Well, it is a wonderful Sunday to be in the house of God. And uh, I normally just dive right into Scripture. But i got to be honest with you guys, as uh, I've had a few weeks to prepare for this morning's message. And I was seeking the Lord. And uh, it was like I just had no clue what God wanted to say to me let alone to the body. And so I was having a hard time. I was reading commentary after commentary after commentary, just seeing what someone had to say about Genesis chapter 31. Uh, and I was praying, and Saturday morning, yesterday morning, I was like, all right, Lord, i got to preach tomorrow. Uh, what, what do we have? Uh, and it was awesome. The Lord, the Lord gave me uh, this word, and so I'm really excited about it. But I want to open up with a story first, if that's okay. Can I give you guys a little story? Um, so you may not have known this, but I have... Um, a, so one would say colorful, but uh, it's not really that colorful past. Uh, I was in a biker gang, um, like hardcore biker gang. Me, my brother, uh, a few of my neighbors, uh, we had just top-of-the-line Walmart BMX bikes, uh, and we terrorized uh, the streets of Sharp Turn Valley. That's what we called it in our neighborhood. We had this one little, like, little turn that was kind of at this awesome angle. Uh, we called it Sharp Turn Valley. We were a biker gang. We ran around. We, like, mowed people's lawns and were really nice to people, some, some gang we were in, you know. Um, but we decided that we really wanted to be troublemakers. So the only thing a 13-year-old troublemaker knows how to do uh, is play Ding Dong Ditch. Anyone ever do Ding Dong Ditch? Where you go, you ring the doorbell, and then you sprint as quick as you can? So we did this, and we did this quite a bit. Uh, and this is going to tie into the sermon, I promise. Um, because we got to the point where we knew we had to run. We had to leave because our neighbors were getting kind of frustrated because every, like, five minutes their doorbell would ring and then there'd be no one there and then they'd hear kids laughing in the bushes and it wasn't good. So this one day, me, I was the oldest, so I like to shift the responsibility onto someone who was younger than me. I was the, I was the crime boss of our biker gang. Uh, I had uh, one of our neighborhood friends. Uh, his name was JR, and if JR you ever listen to this, uh, I love you, brother, but uh, he was really squirrely, like really squirrely, like when you heard sirens down several blocks away, he'd just sprint back to his house and try and run because he thought the police were after him, and he's like 10 years old, I I didn't know what was going on, but uh, we convinced JR to go ring, you know that one house in the neighborhood where everyone's like, you don't want to go on their front yard because stuff happens at that house, we convinced JR to go ding-dong ditch this house, and he does, and we're like probably 100 yards away on our bikes, just like sitting there all anxious, watching to see what's going to happen, uh, and he ding-dong ditches, and he jumps in his bush, and then a person comes to the door like, where are you at, where are you at? Um, so we convince him to go back. Um, that was a very bad decision. Um, you're supposed to run when you ding-dong ditch, and don't do it again. We convince JR to do it again, and this time right as he rings the doorbell, the door flies open, this woman grabs JR, pulls him into the house, slams the door, and me, my brother, and our neighbor, we're sitting on our bikes, and we're just like, <laughs> what just happened? Uh, long story short, she held him for ransom. We had to pay $5, and then JR's parents, JR's parents were not happy that this woman kidnapped their son for five minutes. Uh, so needless to say, we didn't ding-dong ditch anymore. But all that to say, uh, we're going to see today Jacob. Uh, Jacob's going to be doing some running. Um, it's not because he ding-dong ditched Laban, but we'll, we'll get to the story in just a second. Open with me, if you will, in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 31. And we're going to read a few verses, and then we're going to dive into t- this morning's message. This is what it says, picking up in verse 1. It says, Now Jacob heard the words of Laban's sons, 
saying, Jacob has taken away all that was our father's, and from what our father's he has acquired all his wealth. And Jacob saw the countenance of Laban, and indeed it was not favorable towards him as it was before. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and to your family, and I will be with you. So Jacob sent and called to Rachel and Leah, called them to the field and to his flocks. Let's pray this morning. Dear God, we just thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to come, to have fellowship one with another. God, thank you for our time in worship and song. Uh, God, I pray that it was a sweet-smelling aroma to you. God, we thank you that where two or three are gathered, you are in our midst. So, God, we thank you that you are here this morning. And, God, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to study your word. Uh, God, we thank you that you loved us so much that you gave us your word. You didn't leave us just lost, but you gave us your word. And, uh, God, I pray that this morning you speak to us through your word. Uh, God, I pray that the, that the word you've given me, God, that I would clearly be able to articulate uh, what you have for the people. God, we praise you that you speak to us. Uh, I'm just even reminded of Elijah up on Mount Carmel uh, and, and the prophets of Baal and Asherah. They're calling to their God, and Elijah's saying, hey, your God doesn't hear you, your God doesn't answer, but God, you hear and you answer. And so, God, we thank you uh, that you speak to your people. And so, God, we just pray that this morning these would not be my words, but, God, you would speak to us. And, God, anything that would be of me may I not be able to get it out of my mouth. But God, that your perfect word would come forth. So God, we thank you. We praise you. In your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Chapter 31 is a, is, is a long chapter. Uh, we're going to see some recap that Jacob does with uh, what he had, the Lord had told him and he had accomplished in some previous chapters. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to summarize uh, real quick chapter 31, and then we're going to dive into some meat here for just a second. So we open up the first four verses. We see Jacob is getting kind of nervous. He doesn't know what's going on. Should I leave? Should I go? Then God calls him to leave and go back to his family. Uh, Jacob goes and he checks with his wives uh, if this is a good call, and his wives support him on it. Uh, he says, let's do it. He tells his wives the iniquities that he'd been facing, uh, and then they secretly leave. Um, Uncle Laban isn't very happy about this, so Uncle Laban decides, hey, I'm going to chase this guy down. Uh, he does, but he's warned by God uh, not to treat him cruelly. Uh, they meet, they chat, and they make an agreement. Um, the great Bible teacher, J. Vernon McGee, uh, in his commentary on this portion of Scripture, he says, uh, yet again, another agreement is made. Poor, poor Jacob. Uh, he's had agreement after agreement after agreement with this Uncle Laban. Uh, if you're taking notes this morning, uh, the title of the sermon is Take the Truth and Run With It. Take the Truth and Run With It. Not take the truth and go ding-dong ditch and then run, but take the truth and run with it. Jacob was a very honest man. He was a man of great devotion and integrity, uh, yet he was always running into more trouble, uh, and he, he seems to have faced more trouble than any of the other patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, uh, before him. He, he's just a... One, he's a troublemaker, but he's also a trouble facer. Uh, he left his father's house in fright. He went to his uncle's house in distress. Uh, and then there he was worked very hard uh, for 20 years. Uh, and now he's going back uh, to his father's house, but he's surrounded uh, by fear. Uh, and we see in this passage that Jacob, uh, he's going to leave Laban, but he leaves Laban for multiple reasons. The first reason is he had just asked him to leave. Laban's brother, or, or, or Laban, and then his sons, um, Jacob's brothers, they, they were not very favorable to what was happening with Jacob receiving this wealth. Uh, and he says, you know what, these people, they don't really like me. His very words in uh, verse 2 is that Laban was not as favorable as he had been before. So he's leaving with just action. Not only is he leaving with just action, but he's leaving with divine direction. Not only does he feel like he should go, but God tells him, hey, you should go. You should go, and I'll be with you. So he's got just action. He's got divine direction. Uh, he has his spouse's consent to leave. Uh, so, hey, good teamwork there. Wives and husbands were like, hey, we got to go. Um, we see him then at the end of the chapter. He's going to make a covenant with Laban. And in this covenant, uh, there's terms of kindness. Laban shows kindness to him because the Lord had said, hey, he probably shouldn't mess with him. And in verses 44 
and 49, we can see that Laban realizes, you know what? This isn't going to go my way. I'm not going to be able to keep these people in my land. So I'm going to be kind to my daughters and to my grandsons. And he shows kindness to them. But this agreement was not just an agreement that had kindness, but it was also an agreement that had terms of friendship. Jacob shows this friendship uh, in verses 54 and 55. They leave on good terms. It, 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 it still might be a little heated, but they leave on pretty good terms. Matthew Henry says this in his commentary. He says, note, when quarrels happen, be sure to be willing to be friends again upon any terms. Peace and love are such valuable jewels that we can scarcely buy them too dearly. Better sit down a loser than leave in strife. I think that's really good, and I think that's encouraging to us as believers. We might not always see eye to eye with people, uh, but we are called to love even our enemies. And I think that we can part ways uh, on good terms. We might not ever come back in contact, uh, as we would see uh, as we read through chapter 31. They build this pillar, and they say, hey, never come on my side. I'll never come on your side. Let's leave in peace. And, and, and it was okay for them to leave with that sort of friendship. But they both left not at strife and at odds with one another. I think that's why Jesus says, hey, when you go to the altar and you're going to offer uh, and you realize you're at odds with your brother, leave and go make it right. We need to be people who have short records. Um, so what is all of this? What is Genesis chapter 31, the story of Jacob running, being overtaken by his uncle, making a, a deal with his uncle? What does this mean to us as Christians today living in Portland metropolitan area in 2017, what does this mean to us? Well, I think what we can do is we can take a look at the life of Jacob, and we can take a look at his life very specifically in chapter 31, and we can draw some very clean and clear correlations to our lives as believers today. So first, let's do this. Jacob was an alien living in a foreign land, working for a foreign master. We as believers, we are aliens living in a foreign land, working for foreign masters. I'm not up here, ancient aliens, like we are aliens. No, no, no. Uh, we are ambassadors. We're told uh, in Scripture, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and as pilgrims to abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when you speak or, or when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. We are sojourners. We are aliens from a different land. We are ambassadors of heaven. We are ambassadors for the Lord. So while we are here, we are to live a different way. We are to live in a way that points people to Christ, but also that resists our old desires, that turns away from the lustly flesh of, of our former life. Jacob, he had to turn and resist his old desires. What was Jacob? Jacob was a man full of deceit. He met his match with Laban, and, and he could have been deceitful on his way out. He could have, he could have said, oh, you know, we're going to go away on a little three-day vacation. Who knows when we'll come back. He, he could have lied to Laban. Now, he left secretly, but he left with the Lord's blessing. But he could have been a very deceitful man, and he could have continued in his deceitful ways. But Laban was learning to resist his old man. So what is the resisting for us? What is our sin of preference? For Jacob, it was deceit. But for us, how do we as believers, as aliens living in a foreign land, how do we resist the old and live for the Lord where we are in our current state? I think of work situations. Uh, maybe you work in a place where you are the only believer, or maybe you're one of just a few believers. And opportunities arise where people are talking. Maybe it's in uh, the workshop. Maybe it's around the water cooler. Maybe it's cubicle to cubicle. Uh, maybe it's making sales calls. But conversation can get kind of crass, and it can get kind of off color. As a believer, do we just roll with what the world's doing? And, oh, yeah, that's a funny joke. Oh, man, yeah, yeah, I heard one like that before. Or do we even jump even further and be like, oh, that was a funny joke. I got one, too. And we just roll in with it. Or do we make a stand for the Lord, and even if our flesh thinks it's funny, we keep our mouth shut because we are a new creation? Do we maybe position ourselves so we're not in those places where we can be uh, unduly influenced by the world? We need to learn to resist our old desires, um, and when we do this, we will be making a stand for the Lord. Uh, Jacob also was first facing persecution. 
He was facing persecution from his brother-in-laws, Laban's sons, and he was facing persecution from Laban. If, if, if we were to spend the time this morning to look actually about everything that Laban, uh, that Laban had done to Jacob in the previous weeks in our study, and also uh, in this middle section of chapter 31 as Jacob begins to unfold what Laban had done as he's talking with Leah and Rachel, we would be like, wow, this guy faced some pretty heavy persecution. May I suggest that also we as believers can face persecution? I think I can suggest that because Jesus said we would, right? Jesus said, blessed are you when you are falsely persecuted for my name's sake. He goes on to say in Matthew chapter 24, that they will deliver you up to tribulation and persecution, and they will kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. That sounds really good. I want to be hated by everyone. No, but we're going to face persecution. Not only that, Jesus says in uh, John chapter 15, he says, Remember the word that I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. As a believer, we're going to face some persecution. We're told this, that yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Acts chapter 14, verse 22 says this, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue, keep saying continue in the faith, saying we must go through many tribulations to enter the kingdom of God. As believers, we're going to face persecution, but we're also going to have the opportunity to grow in our perseverance, and we're going to be able to grow in our standing fast, in our overcoming, in our continuing in faith, in our standing firm. Jacob, Jacob was learning what it was like to persevere. He put up with it for seven years, then seven years, then another six years he's working for Laban. He's facing persecution on a day-to-day basis, yet he's learning what it means to persevere. And all through his perseverance, he's learning what it means to resist his old life. And I would draw the conclusion from this that we also, as believers, we must stand firm in our faith and we must overcome. This is what Jesus, through John the Apostle, writing to the church in Smyrna, he said. He said to the angel of the church of Smyrna, write, These things says the first and the last, who was dead and who came to life. I know your works, the tribulation and the poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, and they are of the synagogue of Satan. But do not fear for those things which you are about to suffer. For indeed the devil will throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested and you will have tribulation for ten days, but be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, and he who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Jesus says, hey, stand firm. Stand firm. Hold your ground. You're going to face persecution, but don't be afraid of it. Embrace it, and when you do, blessed are you when you face trials and tribulation. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 5 that those tribulations, they produce character, and character produces hope. I think this is amazing. He says, hey, when you overcome, you shall not be hurt by the second death. God has a promise for the believers who overcome, who persevere. When persecution comes, we have a promise from the Lord. Check out this. This is a promise. God called Jacob to action. He said, get up and go back to your father's house. I think the last time I preached, we were looking at Abraham and Abraham's call to get up and leave his father's house. And we looked at how whenever God calls, God always supplies a promise with that call. Get up and go, and I will make you a great nation. What does he say here to Jacob? He says, get up, go to your father's house, and I will be with you. I will be with you. I think this is really cool, because as believers... God does the same thing for us. He calls us to action. He says, get up and go, and I will be with you. If you don't believe me, Matthew chapter 28, Jesus says, hey, go into all the world, make disciples, teaching them to observe the things which I have commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus is with us. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you will receive power when what? The Holy Spirit has come upon you. God with us, and we can be witnesses. God called Jacob to action and gave him a promise that I am with you. God calls us to action, and he says, I am with you. Go, and I am with you. Go, and I am with you. Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 41 that we should fear not, for he 
is with us. Revelation, he says, don't fear the persecution. Isaiah, he says, fear not, for I am with you. I think this is really key for us. Second uh, Corinthians tells us that we are persecuted for not to shake, struck down for not to shake. Persecuted for not to shake, struck down for not destroyed. One reason theologians say that Jacob was called out of the land was because Laban's house and Laban's community and, and, and the place at which Laban lived, uh, it was a house of idols. There was idolatry that was running rampant. We even see in chapter 31 that Rachel, she's been brought up in this house of idolatry. She sneaks off with some of her father's idols. She wants to cling on to her old life and she's going to bring this idolatry with her. But God did not want those sons of Jacob who were going to be the heads of the 12 tribes of Israel. He did not want those boys to be raised around idolatry. So he pulled them out. The same goes for us. We are to be in the world, but not of the world. We are to be separate, yet in, but not of. Some Christians will take this too far and remove themselves so much from the world that they never have contact with the world. And, and, and may I make the argument that if we never have contact with the world, how are we going to fulfill Jesus' call to us to go into the world? You know, we can't remove ourselves completely. There were groups in early Christianity that did this. I love studying the first three centuries of Christianity. And there were groups that withdrawed themselves from the world. And in doing so, they also withdrew themselves from the church as a whole. And these groups that withdrew themselves, they kind of started thinking some weird things. Uh, we have groups that do that today also. And they, they make some pretty weird cults. Okay, uh, I would suggest that we should not draw completely out of the world, that we should be in the world but not of the world. As Jesus said in John chapter 17, as he is praying for the church, he says this in verse 15 of John chapter 17. He says, I do not pray that you would take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I want you to remember John chapter 17. Uh, maybe you could flip there in your Bible if you would. And just hold a finger there, because we're going to come back here in just a second. Um, I want to make another side note. Uh, about Jacob leaving uh, and, and Jacob leaving to get away from the idolatry. Jacob goes and he checks with his wife. He doesn't just say, all right, we're leaving, I'm going. Uh, if you're a married couple in the room, uh, having communication with your spouse on, on decisions is probably a good thing, uh, especially when it comes to doing ministry and, and when it comes to just living out your life as a believer. You're a, on a team. You're on a team, and we are better together than we are on our own. Um, I would say some really nice things about Mariah, but I don't want to embarrass her. But she supports me, and I support her, and we are better together because, because of it. You look at some of the greatest leaders in the church, and some, if not all of the greatest leaders in the church, they have their teammate who's behind them, who and sometimes is right next to them. Uh, we need to be people who work together as a team. And that's not just for married people. We have the example of a married person here working together as a team and making decisions. But as believers, we're a team. You don't have to be a lone ranger out there trying to do Christianity all by yourself. We're a team. And we help one another. And when we help one another, the mission of the Lord is continued. So we have Jacob. He leaves. He leaves his father's house, or, or he, he leaves his uncle's house, and he's going to go, and he's going to do what the Lord has called him to do. Well, what happens? Laban starts chasing after him. And Laban, and he, he's got some words he's going to say to Jacob. In the world, we, uh, as we live out our faith, we are going to have the world come after us. Jesus also said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, he said, Behold, I send you out as sheep amongst wolves. So be as cunning as vipers, but as gentle as doves. I think this is a really important verse. I, I, I actually really enjoy this verse because Jesus tells us, hey, I'm going to send you out into some pretty rough waters. But then he says, I want you to be as cunning as a viper and as gentle as a dove. Jesus doesn't tell us to go be pushovers. Jesus doesn't tell us to go uh, let people just destroy us. He says, hey, be as cunning as a viper. He says, hey, you're going to need to know how to respond when the world, these wolves, come against you. We're told this in First Peter, that we are to have an answer for the hope that we have in Christ. 
If you were with us at Hillside last summer as we were going through an apologetics course uh, on Sunday nights with John Roberts, he actually brought that full context of what Peter was saying. And I'm going to read this for us. 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 13, picking up, it says, And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense for everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is within you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience, that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. We are to be people who give a defense. We are to be people who are wise, who know what our defense should be. That's that being as cunning as a viper, but we are also to be as gentle as a dove. How many of you have ever seen a Christian having a conversation with a non-Christian, and maybe this non-Christian says something that just pushes the right button, and the Christian begins to pick up the Bible and use it as a bludgeoning weapon and, and gets very aggressive? Very aggressive. We're not called to be aggressive. We're called to be wise. Know the answer, but give the answer with gentleness. Be as gentle as a dove. Uh, I think the King James says, be as harmful uh, or, or as harmless as a dove. Don't be as harmful as a dove. But be as harmless as a dove. As believers, we are to live our faith. Our faith should be lived out by the way that we live our lives. And we should have an answer. We should have a defense. But we should do it with kindness. One of the great church leaders, Athanasius, uh, he, he was writing a letter to the Roman emperor at the time who the Roman emperor had uh, been a Christian and then uh, had some bad teaching from, from one group in Christianity. Uh, and he began to persecute Athanasius and those who believed what the scripture said. And Athanasius, in his defense of himself, he says some very keen and clear things uh, to the emperor. He says, had I not been accused by any other, I should have appealed to your piety. Also once as the apostles had appealed unto Caesar, but to put an end to the designs of his enemies against him. But since they have had the boldness to lay this charge before you, to whom shall I appeal? For to him who says, I am the truth. Athanasius says, I don't have to win this argument with you. I have to be right before my father and him who is called the truth. We need to live our lives for the Lord, even when it might seem like a crazy situation. Laban told Jacob, hey, man, it's going good for you. You've been working here. you got a house. you got a whole bunch of sheep. You should just stay with me. It seems to make sense to stay here. Laban said, no, God has called me to go. God has called me to go. As believers, we need to know that the Lord has called us out of, and we need to live for the truth with the truth in mind, taking the truth and running with it. I told you we'd come back to John chapter 17. In verse 17 of chapter 17, he says this, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is true. And as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I will sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. God's promise is that he's going to go with us. But his promise is also that he has given us truth. And as believers, we're going to face persecutions, but we're going to learn perseverance. And there's this call to evangelism, but evangelism has this apologetic kind of uh, approach to it, where we are going to be people who not only stand for our faith, but we make a stance for our faith because we know what the truth is. First John tells us that I have written to you, young man, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. How do we overcome the trials? How do we overcome the tribulations? How do we overcome temptation? How do we overcome the wicked one in this world? We overcome by the word. And Jesus said in John 17 that the word is true. John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is the Word. And what did he say in John 14, 6? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
we have truth as believers, and when we stand upon the truth of God's word, we overcome. And we, like Jacob, we can make a stance and say, you know what, I'm building up this pillar. Uh, Let's just read real quick. Let's read verses 44 through the end of chapter um, 31. This is what he says. Uh, He says, now therefore come, let us make a covenant, you and I, and let it be a witness between you and me. So Jacob took up a stone and set it up as a pillar. Then Jacob said to his brethren, gather stones, and they took stones and made a heap, and they ate there on the heap. And Laban called it Jegar Sadutha, and Jacob called it Gilead. Uh, And Laban said, this heap is a witness between you and me this day. Therefore, its name has been called uh, Gilead. Uh, also Mizpah, because he said, may the Lord watch between you and me and when we are absent from one another. And if you afflict my daughters or if you take other wives besides my daughters, although no man is with us, see that God is witness between you and me. Then Laban said to Jacob, here is a heap and here is this pillar which I have placed between you and me. This heap is a witness that this pillar is a witness and I will not pass beyond this heap to you and you will not pass beyond this heap and this pillar to me for harm. Then uh, the God of Abraham and the God of Nahor and the God of their fathers judged between us. And Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac. Then Jacob offered a sacrifice on the mountain and called his brethren to eat bread. And they ate bread and stayed all night on the mountain. And early in the morning, Laban arose and kissed his sons and his daughters and blessed them. And then Laban departed and returned to his place. As believers, we need to stand our ground to not give in to the things of the world, but we can have an amicable relationship with the world. We're not to call ourselves completely out. We are to be in the world, but standing our ground. How do we stand our ground? We stand upon the word of God. Where do we have the answers for questions? The answers are in the word of God. Through and through, God's word is true, uh, and it is God's word, and God can't lie. So the things of Scripture are true, and, and, and that should give us confidence. We should be assured that the things of Scripture are true. So many people like to come against even the book of Genesis, and they say, well, God really probably didn't create humans in six days. I mean, science tells us that billions of years in evolution. Uh, there is so much evidence that says the Genesis account is true. And we can stand on the truth of that. We look at uh, the descendants of Adam, and people say, oh, well, no, we came from apes. No, there is archaeological, there's historical, there's physical evidence that shows the progression from Adam to Noah and from Noah on. We can have assurance that God's word is true. We can have full assurance, and when we believe that God's word is true and use this as the bedrock of our faith, we can't be shaken. And that is why the prophet in the Old Testament, he says, hey, you are oaks of righteousness. You are planted, firmly rooted. Oaks have nice, deep roots. Uh, I I would say as believers, our deep roots are in Scripture. We're not to be like big uh, coniferous trees. They look grandiose and beautiful, but they don't have good root systems. And when winds come, knock over Douglas fir trees left and right. But you don't see oaks getting knocked over by winds. They have firm, strong roots so that when the wind comes, they withstand. I want to close with this point because uh, I thought this was really good. Um, Philo, who was a first century uh, Jewish philosopher writing his commentary on the Old Testament from Alexandria, uh, he writes this about God calling Jacob. He, he equivalates the call of Jacob to leave Laban as the same as one who had been a perfect wrestler you know Jacob had just wrestled with God uh, and and now Philo is equivalating this call to God saying hey you've been a perfect wrestler for me and you are now worthy of a prize a crown of victory virtue having been established in the contest and uh, persevering to receive the prize of victory I think that's really cool because God calls us out he gives us a promise, and we're encouraged to run our race to win a prize. And Philo drew the correlation that Jacob, he, he was receiving his prize from the Lord. He, he, he had done what he was supposed to, and the Lord was going to give him a prize. 
if we persevere, if we stick through, if we stand firm on the truth that is God's word, God has a prize for us. One, the hope of eternal life spent with him, but also so many riches and blessings uh, when we meet our Savior face to face. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to ask those who are going to be baptized, uh, if you guys can make your way uh, and, and, and get changed into to, to what we're going to um, wear for baptism. Uh, and, and we're going to wrap up here in just a few seconds as we move to the baptismal thing. Um, Jacob, Jacob was a man who was called by the Lord. And Jacob was faced with the opportunity to reject what the Lord had called him to do. The Lord had called him to leave, but he could have stayed. The Lord had called him and said, I am with you, but Jacob could have been a man full of fear. Uh, but Jacob trusted the Lord. Jacob trusted the Lord that the Lord was going to watch over him. This morning, as, as we uh, draw the correlation between Jacob's call and our call, uh, I want to encourage you guys this morning. You have the opportunity. You have the opportunity to not do what the Lord has called us to do. You have the opportunity to say, you know what? I'm okay just being me. I don't have to tell anyone about Jesus. I don't have to go. I don't have to be a witness for the Lord. Uh, but I want to encourage you. Uh, answer the call. Answer the call. Because great is our reward. Yes, we're going to face persecution. And I don't say the facing of persecution thing to try and sway people away from it. Uh, Jesus said we're going to face it, but he said we are greatly rewarded when we face these things for his namesake. I want to encourage us this morning. Let's be people like Jacob who hear the word of the Lord, who hear the call of the Lord and believe the promise of the Lord that he's with us. Even when times are getting rough, even when we don't see it, he's with us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray real quick, uh, and then we're going to come over to the baptismal thing. But dear God, we thank you, uh, God, that you're with us. God, you said you would never leave us nor forsake us, that if we abide with you, you would abide with us. God, that you, you want to be in our corner, and you have called us. You have called us for a specific action, for a specific purpose, for a specific time. God, you've told us that we're going to face trials, that we're going to face tribulations, but that if we persevere, if we hold through, if we overcome, that you will reward. It'll be that victory when you say, well done, my good and faithful servant. God, we, we long to please you. And God, we long to do your will. And God, we praise you this morning that you have gone and you have already overcome the world. And you have said, I have overcome the world, now come with me, let's do this. Uh, God, I pray that each and every single one of us, that we would be uh, filled with boldness. Uh, God, that we would hear your call, that we would answer your call, and we would be people who live for you in this world, that we would resist our old desires, that we would put on the new man. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I have been crucified with Christ. God, I pray that that would be us, and that as we do these things, God, that we would see our friends, our coworkers, our neighbors, our family members, God, that they would see and that we would be able to have uh, an agreement of kindness, an agreement of friendship. Lord, I pray that there would be salvation. God, I pray that even for our five friend focuses, God, that we would see salvation. And God, that as people come to you, as people turn their heart to you, God, I pray that we wouldn't just be satisfied with one, or we wouldn't just be satisfied with two, but God, that would fuel us to go love more, to go share the Lord more. Uh, and God, I pray that, uh, God, we would see people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ less and less every day every day. And God, for those whose hearts are hard and uh, we feel like even with our love we're not getting through, uh, God, I pray that we would be able to remain people who are uh, as cunning as a viper but as gentle as a dove. May we be able to have good relationships uh, with those both in the church and those outside the church. Uh, may we be people who are known for our love one for another, for our kindness, for our friendship. Uh, and God, uh, that the world may know. We just pray that you would be known so that the world may know. And God, we thank you, we praise you, and we say in the wonderful and beautiful name of Jesus Christ that all God's people said, amen, amen.
Yes, there we go. Hey, praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. Good word. So we'll It's flashing at me. Yeah, I'm sorry. Get a microphone here. Here we go. Hey, we're going to be baptizing this morning, and it's uh, super exciting. Uh, we have six of our family members who are going to be being baptized. We have one young lady uh, who's recommitted her life to the Lord, and uh, she's eager to be baptized. Yesi is her name. And so I want to encourage you, if you want to get a better seat, uh, we can just kind of move in a little closer. If it's hard for you to see where you're at, you can stand. If you want to stand on your chair, it's dangerous. I wouldn't do that. At any rate, uh, <laughs> and then we have five, five young men who are also going to be baptized. And so I think those guys are, uh, you guys ready to come on out? And uh, we're going to have you guys just kind of line up here in the front. And uh, Pastor Matt's going to be doing the baptizing. Uh, baptism is a public testimony. We're telling the world that we are Christ followers, that our old life, that man who did not know Christ, that person who did not know Christ is dead and buried, and we are raised anew as Christ followers, born again. And so this is a time of celebration. These are, new, many of them, new believers in the Lord, and so we're very, very excited about this. And uh, we want to encourage you as well. If you have not followed the Lord's example in water baptism and making that public testimony, we want to encourage you, and this morning, you could do that. If you would like to be water baptized, even this morning, and you recognize, I'm a Christ follower, but I've not made that public declaration that my old man is put to death and I'm raised anew in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, Today could be that day for you. We have a towel. We'll get you dried off, and you can drive home wet. That'll be okay. <laughs> It'll be okay. Uh, so encourage you, and we'll give you one uh, another opportunity. But if that's you, you can meet me down here uh, in just a few moments, and uh, we'll also get you included. But uh, first up is Yessie, and so Yessie, come on. Uh, Matt, I'll help you get in the get in the tank. How's the water? Is it, is it cold or warm? <laughs> All right, well, Yessie, I'm going to ask you just a few quick questions, and then, uh, uh, then we're going to push you underwater. Sound good? Yessie, do you love the Lord? Yes, I do. Do you plan to live the rest of your days as an example for Him in this world? Yes, I do. Awesome, awesome. Do you have anything you'd like to say to your big family out here watching? Um, I love all of you guys, and I'm so thankful for everyone who attends Hillside and for having my family here for the first time. Awesome, awesome. Well, Yessie, upon your profession of faith that Jesus Christ is Lord, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come on up. Let's give it up for Tyler. The water's not that cold. It's not bad. So. <laughs> All right. There you go. All right, Tyler. How you doing? A little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Do you, do you love the Lord? I do. Awesome. Awesome. You plan to live all your days for him? I do. Yes. Awesome. Do you have anything you'd like to say to all your brothers and, and your family out here? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, really grateful to be here at Hillside and have this opportunity today. You know, I came, um, I'm in Teen Challenge right now, our drug and alcohol faith-based addiction program, and uh, just really blessed to be here uh, because when I got clean a little over five months ago, my little brother Ben, he goes here, he invited me to come here, and uh, the third Sunday I was here, you know, I, I was praying for guidance, guidance on where to go, you know, and what to do, because I didn't know what to do, and I had never, I didn't know how to pray, I didn't know, never been to church really, and never had a relationship with God, but I came here the third Sunday, and uh, Marshall Snyder, the director of the program, he got up on stage and made an announcement about Teen Challenge, and 
And then I got connected with it and, uh, you know, ended up making a commitment to go to Team Challenge because God's put the right people and me in the right places and answered my prayers. Come on. And uh, and now I'm over five months clean. And blessed to be here, you know, and Dave and Matt and John, you know, I know them from Five from the Kite School, and uh, just blessed to be surrounded by, you know, good people, and my brother, fellow brothers and Team Challenge back there. I love it, I love it. Well, Ben, you're right here, do you want to help me baptize your brother? You sound awesome? All right, why don't, why don't you come around the front over here, and we're going we're gonna to baptize you now, my friend. Uh, upon your confession of faith that Jesus Christ is Lord. We're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, taking the watch off, and the Holy Spirit. Here we go. All the way under. All right, Dalen, come on up. Hop on in here. back coach so I was I was really hard on him so I'm gonna hold him under just a little bit longer so Dalen you love the Lord yes sir I do awesome awesome are you planning to live your life uh, as an example for him yeah amen you have anything you want to say to your family out here yeah um, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's played a role in my life uh, to give me the team challenge and uh, to find the Lord man it's been a truly a blessing and I thank Hill Dad man I trusted you guys and Dan and uh, I just love the Lord and I'm excited to live the rest of my life for him. Come on, come on, come on. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Dalen, we're going to baptize you now on your profession of faith that Jesus Christ is Lord. We baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Here we go. Come on up, my friend. Oh. How's the water? Is it, is it still semi warm? All right, all right. Michael, do you love the Lord? With all my heart. Uh, amen, amen. And uh, do you plan to live the rest of your life living for the Lord? Every day. Amen, Every day. amen. Do you have anything you'd like to say to your family out here? Uh, my family's sitting in back, and that's Team Challenge. Amen. And, uh, I love you guys. Just want to say, my God is great, and uh, Amen. And from where I've came, He's forgiven me, He's saved, Amen. and uh, this means a lot to me. And uh, this church right here, I thank you for inviting me here and to let me uh, experience this and move forward in my faith. Hey, praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Michael, on the profession of your faith that Jesus Christ is Lord, baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Daniel, come on up. You got any little challenge? How we doing? Doing all right. Good, good. Hope I don't shower. Daniel, you love Jesus? With all my heart. Awesome, awesome. And uh, you're living your life to bring honor and glory unto him? Try my best every day. Amen, amen, amen. Anything you'd like to say to your family and uh, that goes to church out here? Uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you to all my brothers in Team Challenge for uh, testing me every day. Thank you for God's test and uh, bringing me to this point in my life where I can, you know, devote devote my heart and my soul to Jesus. Amen, uh, amen, amen. Well, on your on your profession of faith, that you're devoting your heart and soul to Jesus Christ. We're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's go all the way under. Daniel. Daniel, you love the Lord? Yes, I do. Amen, amen. And you plan to live the rest of your life to, to tell the world about Jesus? Yes. Amen, amen. Anything you'd like to say to the church family and your brothers over at Team Challenge? 
Well, the prodigal son is coming back home. Amen. 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 I'm glad it's not too late. Yeah, come on. Amen. Hey, (laughs) praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, in your profession of faith that Jesus Christ is Lord, as we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All the way on. There's still a lot of water in this trough. It's not sloshing all over the place. Anyone else want to get baptized? There's water. It's the story of Philip and the Ethiopian. The Ethiopian was reading the scripture, and Philip caught up to the chariot and explained the scripture. And the Ethiopian said, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? And so we would say to you today, here's water. What prevents you from being baptized? If you've not been baptized, uh, we have at least one or two more towels up here, but we can spread the towels around. So is there anybody else who'd say, I want to follow the Lord's example and be water baptized and testify that the old man is dead and the new is raised in resurrection power? We'll give you just a moment. All right. Well, let's congratulate these. Welcome them to the family. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Welcome to the family of God. Amen. Praise God. Well, will you stand with us this morning? Let's thank the Lord, and let's let's leave with the Lord's benediction this morning. And I don't know if you caught some of what was transpiring there, but many of these men testified, and this young woman testifying, that it was through relationship and people they knew in the church that they came to the recognition, I need a Savior personally. That should be an absolute motivation to all of us as Christ followers. God has uniquely placed us in in a realm. Matthew said it this way, we're in the world, not of the world, but we're here as ambassadors representing Christ and his kingdom. Let's go and tell them. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you, Father, for the word of God. We thank you for the example of Jacob. And Lord, those correlations that we can make in our own lives. What does that mean to me? And we can take these truths and live them out. And that in the process of living them out as Christ's witnesses, Others will hear and see and want Jesus in their lives. Lord, we thank you for these who have committed their lives to the Lord and they're in their journey, Lord, and they're seeking to honor you and bring others to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Lord, will you go with us as we go out into the mission field. As we leave this building, Lord, we enter into the mission field. Lord, will you help us to convey the gospel? to a world that desperately needs you. Lord, we love you, and we ask your blessing and benediction in the strong name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said a strong amen. 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 The Lord bless you. Have a great week in Christ. Come back and join us tonight at 6 o'clock.